0: All right, it is July 15th, Thursday 2021. I'm again testing out this new Podbean Live uh, tool. I'm using it on my MacBook this time instead of on my phone, last time I was in New Orleans. Uh, so hope to, I believe the sound quality should be better here on my MacBook, but I actually like this. Um, it's uh, way more interactive and I'll give my disclaimers. I'm a registered investment advisor with my company, Stonehill Wealth Management, chief investment officer. Uh, uh, This is meant to be for um, informational educational purposes, Uh, just my thoughts and opinions. Seek your own counsel before getting any, before making any decisions on anything that we talk about, but uh, let's get into the show. So where I want to start is economically, and I'm going to keep going back to economics, you know, once a week or so to give you context to where we are but we are, we are in a risk-off period, uh, uh, risk period at the moment or heading into a risk-off period at the we, moment. We've been in a risk-on period, meaning you, you heard about the reflation trade a lot, which things open opening back up, so that's why you saw oil run up, some of the you know other airline stocks um, run up. But the, the natural trend, going back to where we are in the big term cycle is The global system still has lots of debt, tons of debt. Uh, There's lots of, uh, a lot of the money is in the hand of the uh, boomers, which don't buy as much as younger people. So they have money, they spend less. um, uh, There's a lot of debt in the economy. Uh, Incomes for the bulk of the people on the planet are relatively low. So you got a lot of things that are just pointing to um, low growth for a long period of time and so it's it's reverting back to the slow growth period of time that we've been in for a while. We're relatively low, like inflation. And let me and when I say inflation, I'm talking like inflation that comes from growth versus debasement that comes from money printing. Right? We're going to have lots of debasement, in my opinion, in my view, uh, coming up soon. Uh, and well, it's, it's already been coming up. Just continuous debasement, and and so that's going to continue. But you have a slow growth, so we call that a risk off. Uh, period. And where do you want to invest in a risk off period? Um, Well, you know, it it, it used to be bonds when they actually paid interest rates, but now you have a lot of investors going to to big tech. So think of the, you know, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, um, you know, big dominant monopolies that basically are not going to be disrupted anytime soon. And just are collecting, collecting big checks from you know from uh, from, from the economy uh, um, because they have you know great great positioning and, and a monopoly on what they do. Uh, so that's the new bonds the sophisticated investors instead of holding bonds that are not going to pay much after you know in, in, in nominal terms like in inter- in real interest rate terms but definitely after you factor in the money printing rate like nobody wants to hold those so they they, they hold they hold big tech. They also look for future growth. So, in a slow growth environment, you wanna, if you got your bond portfolio, which is like big tech, then you're like, cool. Now I wanna own the companies that are eating up the 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 old the old companies. So that's where you um, look for the uh, you know the Zooms, the Pelotons, um, the the, the Shopify's, right? Uh, those types of companies. Again, our companies, you know that that, that we own. Um, uh, to, to, to look for so if you have if you have the big picture global growth going slow then you have to go find companies that are uh, taking market share from other companies uh, and then then you have okay where do I place my you know alternatives to let me let me say it a different way the trade you place because you don't trust the government and they're debasing the currency um, uh, as well. Then, then that's where you move to look at things like real estate, gold, Bitcoin, right? You could throw in cryptocurrencies, but specifically those three are like the the the, the considered sound money, right? Um, for 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 many investors, and so those are those are also buckets of money that uh, in this risk off period of time, which which when what I call risk off, I mean that's that's my five year macro outlook. Like my five year macro outlook is the global trend toward towards risk off. You'll have uh, you know periods of where the economy picks up in short bursts for periods of time uh, where things like energy stocks manufacturing stocks, financial stocks uh, might do well but the long the long term five-year vision is slow growth, low inflation, lots of debasement which is why I have the portfolio that I have uh, for myself and uh, and the ones I manage for clients So you know I got so this this ties into a couple of the questions that I got and you'll understand. Why I, answered them, why I answered them the way that I answered them. So I had a, um, uh, I, I managed 401ks too. So I was talking with a 401k participant client the other day. And, you know, basically, you know, long story short was, hey, I have, I used to work at Apple in my mid twenties. Um, I have lots of Apple stock relative to my other portfolio. I, you know, I read a book that said I should be diversified, but I like Apple. Right, so, I said, I sell some and rebalance. And I was like, you know, in general, right? In general, my rule of thumb is don't have more than 10, 20% of your money in one stock. I was like, but because it's Apple and it's growing at a higher rate than the global economy, um, you know, the next five to 10 years, in my expectation, right? And it's Apple, tons of cash. Like I got to figure, you know, Apple's, you know, one of the companies that, I mean, I, it'd have to be something major where they will be gone in in, in five years. I was like, so I said, I said, what I would do is if I were you, I would just keep it, keep the Apple stock and then invest all of your new money into your diversified portfolio because you're young, like five, 10 years from now, it'll catch up. Apple will be a less part of your portfolio, but I don't know if I worry about selling Apple right now in your mid twenties, uh, given the macro outlook, which is like, that's one of the examples where it's nuances, right? So you have all these, I have all these algorithms and all these rules that are that kind of got me at a baseline but then you call audibles right in certain situations given certain facts and circumstances and 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 beliefs and opinions um of you know myself and the individual right a a, a different you may go a different route than like your baseline um quote unquote algorithm so that was an example of that um the next next question i got this week was Uh, Or and I'm saying this week. um, Actually, these questions I'm getting on a daily basis. These are questions I got yesterday. So, how do I know which investment bucket to start putting money into now and then next? And basically, how the question came out was, you know, people say, "Hey, I'm, you know, I'm putting money in my 401k uh, up to the match, but where should I put more money in 401k? Should I do a Roth? Should I do a, um, you know, individual account, which is liquid, and just." My general rule of thumb for, for, for most people is do the match for the 401k plan. Um, if, you're, if you're more than five years, 10 years away from retirement, I would go to the individual account next, which is a um, liquid investment account that's available. And I would fund that account until you have one, two, three years of your expenses in that account liquid. So you can get to money if you need it for thing, for for reasons that you just don't know at the current moment. Uh, and because you know my philosophy is like improving your life well before retirement, not living to improve your life for retirement, but for a, you know. Uh, so I would go there first, and then once you have plenty of liquid money to to meet any other goals you might have, whether it be you know starting a business, changing jobs, investing in some other uh, venture, and having money for that. Like once you have that established. Um, then you can start locking your money up in things like Roth IRAs and 401k's beyond the match of your 401k uh, if you you know if you want to if you think that's important for like your long-term money um, but that but that that's my general rule of thumb right in this specific instance that I was asking that, that, that I was asked about yesterday that was the correct advice uh, you know for the person who I was like literally giving advice to in a client meeting um, because they were you know mid-20s, um, you know, maybe might want to start a business or, or change jobs in the future. Didn't know, but it was a high possibility, you know, down there, or it was just open, right? Whenever it's open and you don't know, I'm like, yeah, you, you just, just keep living and, and create more options, right? More options is better than less options in, 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 in planning. Um, next question, where should I keep money? In my emergency fund, right, where should I keep the money that goes in my emergency fund? And um, specifically, the person wanted to have one year of cash liquid, and so I just reverted them back to what I mentioned before. You know, the, if if you have that individual bucket that's liquid, you know that becomes your uh, emergency fund, right? And and and, not, and, and I want, and I say have more than one year, right? Have two, three years of money in that bucket. Uh, so volatility, you know, will. Um, even if the market goes down 30, 40%, if you have two, three years, it still gives you, you know, a year or more in that bucket, you know, if it's a, if if it, if if you need the money in the down year. Um, but but you know when I got into business 14, 15 years ago, it made sense to have, you know, a year of cash maybe in the money market account because they were paying four or five percent. Uh, and inflation was less than four or five percent, or the money printer rate was less than four or five percent, and so you actually made some net money on your money and savings. Now you're going to lose purchasing power every year, almost guaranteed, uh, if you keep it in cash. So you know I've, I'm keeping record level, record low levels of cash these days, um, and you know it's it it is it's different, but you you know you have to adjust. You gotta adjust with, the, with, with life. And by the way, like for those who keep lots like of cash, that's cool, but you wanna think of it like insurance. Like you're gonna intentionally lose money every single year on purpose, you know, for the security of just, you know, having the cash. For me, I'm like, well, what does the cash do? It makes sure that I have some money in case of emergency. Well, cool, like I got money liquid in a brokerage account. Um, you know, I have ways to, you know, I have ways to make money uh, through my business. And I, and I know the trajectory of my cash flow. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, uh, uh and, and we keep a little bit of cash. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you, you gotta keep a responsible amount of cash, maybe, you know, two, three, four months of operating expenses for the household, um, is, you know, is wise. And so that depends on the, the person, how stable the cash flows are. So you gotta decide that that's one of those nuances, but, you know, keeping loads of cash, um, for the sake of keeping loads of cash. I think over the next five, 10 years, it's just, it's just dangerous. Uh, financially, it's bad for your financial health um, uh, because of all the money printing. So that, that's my two thousand emergency funds. It's kind of, it's, it's different, um, but it's, that's just how I feel. It's real. All right. Last, last part. I think I just wanted to impart on people. Cause I, um, you know, I'm in the comment sections of a, of, of social media reading. I love the fact that everybody's becoming an in investor, learning about investing. There's lots of bad advice out there. I think, I was like, okay, what are the three things that are the most important things, um, most important inputs, and, and how large a portfolio will be, you know, over some, you know, in the future. And the most important inputs are how much you invest, what's your asset mix, and how much time you have right those those are the factors if you really want to kind of make the numbers um make the most impact on the numbers in the future you you turn, you, you adjust those um, those factors and so so for example if you say hey I, I i have a 10 year time frame then that's fixed okay and you and, and and if you say i want to have x amount of dollars okay now we can play with the numbers of all right what type of assets do you invest in and how much do you invest to reach that 10 year goal. Or if you're like, cool, I have a goal, a financial goal, but I'm flexible on the time frame. I think we can be more flexible in the asset mix and more flexible on how much you invest. And so those inputs are are, are really important to figuring out uh, how to reach that financial goal number, uh, whatever it might be. And and all and all I'm doing as a as a wealth manager planning for clients' finances is massaging those three numbers, right? Figuring out okay, what's the, yeah, is time frame fixed, right? Is the do we, do we have to fix the asset mix, right? An and example will be, you know, you'll meet clients that I'll meet people that'll say, "Hey, you know, I understand what you're saying about cash and bonds, but it, it'll make me super nervous to have all the money in stocks and all that volatility." Cool. Well, we gotta fix that asset mix to maybe like a balanced portfolio, um, so that that return is gonna be, you know, it's gonna be what it's not gonna be. Um, you know super great but it's gonna fine then what we got to do is you got to invest more and you got to have more time for the same you know for the same you know dollar value financial goal um, if they were willing to increase the asset mix to a more volatile one that had a potential higher return they can invest less or do it in less time um, but I think those are important important factors to understand when you're building a portfolio a lot of a lot of people think you can will the portfolios into doing what you want them to do. You can't like they're going to do what they're going to do. It's like a business strategy. You can have the strategy, and things will work out when they're supposed to work out. Sometimes it happens in the time frame that you want. Sometimes it happens you know way after. And you can do everything you can to manage the inputs properly to, to speed it up. But all you control is the input. You can't control the outcome. And this is the case in investing as well. So I hope this helps somebody. Um, This is going to be the format tomorrow as well. My audio engineer is out uh, having a great time um, uh, on vacation. And so we'll we'll be back with the regular nice music with Steve's voice in the beginning on Monday. But I'm doing it this way for the next two days. Hit me up on Twitter if you have any uh, questions you want me to uh, talk about on the show. Uh, ask underscore Philip on Twitter. Uh, until tomorrow, enjoy your day.